Hello, my good friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 153, episode 153, and we're going to do the readings for the 22nd week in Ordinary Time. This is for Sunday, 22nd uh, week for Ordinary Time. We're in the second cycle of the liturgical reading, which is called Year B. Uh, I don't like that because it sounds so formula-like, like like almost, uh, I don't know, doesn't sound very liturgical. (laughs) Okay, so we're in 2021. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share to my podcast. I I would greatly appreciate it. So let's begin with the opening prayer, which is the confession, uh, confessio. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so now we're in the 22nd uh, Sunday uh, in Ordinary Time. And um, this is the... uh, So, uh, we're going to do the readings for this. So the first one is going to be from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Chapter 4, verse 1 to 2, 6 to 8. And then it's going to be Psalm 15. All right. uh, The verses are going to be 2, 3, 3 to 4, and 4 to 5. So, okay. And then the second reading is going to be from uh, the letter of James. I think, right, is it? Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, verse chapter 1, verse uh, 17 to 18, 21, and 22 to 27. 
and then finally the gospel, the, uh, the, uh, gospels from Mark chapter seven, verse one to eight, 14 to 15, 21 to 23. So I'm giving you guys ahead of time so you could write it down. Okay. So, all right, let's start with the, uh, the first one, the first reading. All right, let's begin. It's uh, the first reading is Deuteronomy chapter four, verse one to two, six to eight. You shall add, you shall not add to what I command you. Keep the commands of the Lord. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, now Israel, hear the statutes and decrees, which I am teaching you to observe, that you may live and may enter in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. In your observance of the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin upon you, you shall not add to what I command you, nor subtract from it. Observe them carefully, for thus will you give evidence of your wisdom and intelligence to the nations who will hear of all these statutes and say, This great nation is truly a wise and intelligent people. For what great nation is there that has God's so close to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? Or what great nation has statutes and decrees that are just as the whole law which I am setting before you today. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. So, um, I won't read it again. Uh, but this, this part here of the Deuteronomy is definitely important because the decrees and the laws are not just rules. They're not just rules to follow. I mean, in Catholicism, I know we have, you know, a lot, you know, a lot going on right now, especially between the traditional Latin Rite Mass Catholic and the Novus Ordo Catholic. But let's really look at this carefully. Our traditions like fasting, the traditional fasting, which is on Wednesdays and Fridays, abstaining from meat uh, on Fridays, uh, praying the rosary. Uh, we have certain things that we've had traditions that a lot of people say should not have been thrown aside, like the St. Michael prayer when it was originally said at the end of Mass and uh, other devotional prayers that, in a sense, that were that brought Catholics closer together and not just closer together, but brought us closer to God, to Christ. And, you know, remember a couple of years ago, there was a, a, you know, a survey that was taken by the Pew Research that a lot of Catholics don't even believe in the real presence anymore of the Eucharist. You know, the arguments such as, you know, receiving communion in hands and there's a lot of Ill, irreverence, a lot of uh, ill treatment, a lot of disrespect towards the, the, the Holy Eucharist. Uh, 
I mean, we have to we have to really you know observe you know admit it. There are some things that was meant to strengthen us, that was meant to uh, strengthen our faith, bring us closer to Him, bring us closer to Christ. And there's a lot of indifference. I mean, seriously. A lot of people receive Holy Communion and they're out the doors before even uh, the the Mass is over. They're so desperate to get the day over with. And you wonder why they bother to come in the first place. But the thing is, the whole purpose of decrees and statutes is to bring you closer to God, to bring, to bring you closer to Him coming to to church to hear the readings, the prayers. You're supposed to search them out. You're supposed to search them out and let the word let let let, let it speak to your heart so that you could you could get closer to, to Christ. You can get closer to the faith. And then you God can be you can have a relationship with God. The prayers and everything, the rosary, all the devotionals are for us to be closer to him. Moses said to the people, now Israel, hear the statutes and decrees which I am teaching you to observe, that you may live and may enter in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. The possession of the land is to take to take control of the life not let sin the land is can be is heaven and can be the place of your relationship okay relationship it's your life your life okay take back your life from sin take back your life from from chaos take back your life from the world because constantly every single day we're, we're always dealing with the world we're always dealing with with problems we're always dealing with the bills we're always dealing with with our health we're always dealing with you know trying to to navigate we're navigating through through the weekly constant challenges our job our you know you know our bills our family our neighbors all right everything we're trying to navigate to you know with with relatives with your kids you're navigating and you're trying to get through 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 things and sometimes you feel like you don't lose you you have no control your relationship with god is you giving yourself to god and the decrees they're like a road map all right the word of god is the road map is a way of navigating through those things and trying to keep your relationship with God because in many ways we feel like we're always losing control of our lives. In your observance of the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin upon you, you shall not add to what I command you, nor subtract from it. 
Observe them carefully, for thus will you give evidence of your wisdom and intelligence to the nations who will hear of all these statues and say, This great nation is truly wise and intelligent people. For what great nation is there that has, that has God so close to it as the Lord, our God, is to us whenever we call upon him? Or what great nation has statutes and decrees that are just as this whole law which I am setting before you today? So you see, it's observe them carefully, for thus will you give evidence of your wisdom and intelligence to them. You see, how you live your life, how you live your life with God, every single time we leave Mass, we leave the church from, uh, when, when we spend time with Him, we should show evidence of how, what our life is like to those who don't, who don't observe the faith. We are giving testimony. Whenever we don't live like we live our faith, we don't. Whenever we act like we're, we're not churchgoers, what we're showing proof that our faith means nothing. This is why we should spend time in prayer. This is why we should spend time in examining our conscience. This is why the the church tells us this. I know, unfortunately, a lot of our ministers don't really do much to help but you know unfortunately that's not that's not the point we we're supposed to have a relationship with Christ and as a friend told me we do it for Jesus we don't do it for the ministers we don't do it for the bishop and the bishops basically and the ministers the priests they're supposed to they're just like us they're on a journey like us except the fact that they have an office and they're supposed to be fulfill that office that's not our responsibility if they don't fulfill their office but we have to give an account of ourselves, as my friend tells me. That's why we should spend time every moment in the evening or during the day, just a few moments to remember who we owe our, owe our lives to, and it's Christ. So the decrees and everything else, the Jews had it in their day, but it was an, it was a roadmap to God, and it was a road and it was a way also to keep their lives anchored with God. It's all about our relationship. It's all about our relationship. Each one of us, a diocese, a parish, we're all a church. And we should live our lives as people, you know, who are members of Christ's mystical body. All right, let's move on to the Psalms. Okay, Psalm 15. And the response is, the one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. The one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Okay. Psalm 15, verse 2 to 3, 3 to 4, and 4 to 5. The one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Whoever walks blameless, blamelessly, whoever walks blamelessly and does justice, who thinks the truth in his heart, and slanders not with his tongue. The one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord, who harms not his fellow man, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor, by whom the reprobate is despised, while he honors those who fears the Lord. 
The one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord, who lends not his money at usury and accepts no bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things shall never be disturbed. The one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Okay. So, the one who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. All right, so let's let's look let's look at each verse. Whoever walks blamelessly and does justice, who thinks the truth in his heart and slanders not with his tongue. Okay, so whoever walks blamelessly, that's almost impossible because we're almost we're all sinners, except of course for our Lord Jesus Christ and his his our blessed lady, his mother. And obviously Saint Joseph. But they're they're already in in Jesus. Mary was already living in her son long before you know the incarnation took place in history. Her whole existence was already in in her son, in her Lord, because Jesus is God. Now we too, we too, if we live in Christ can walk blamelessly. But only if we live in Christ, if we commit ourselves to Jesus, we're baptized in him. Yes, we're confirmed in him. Yes, we receive holy communion. We receive his body and blood, soul and divinity in our, in our lives when we go to holy communion. But we have to live in him. Live in him. Because we have to always, always live moment to moment after we receive his body before we receive his body when we receive his body and after we receive his body his body blood and soul of divinity we have to we, we have to always live in him in order in order to be ready and be careful how we act and behave not act like we didn't receive holy communion as some people do i know it's hard because we go back cursing we go back blaspheming we go back into uh you know, uh, foul talk, foul thinking, foul behavior, and we're acting like we like like we never did, and then we bring judgment upon ourselves, like Saint Paul says in his writings. Each one must examine themselves. Are you living? Are you living the sacramental life? Are you living like one who is? you know, constantly in the presence of Christ, you know, who thinks the truth in his heart and slanders not with his tongue. That's hard. The next one. All right. Who harms not his fellow man, no takes up a reproach against his neighbor by whom the reprobate is despised while he honors those who fears the Lord. Reprobate, of course, it means one who's unrepentant, who's unrepentant. And a lot of people, you know, I know a lot of people, they, the way they drop the F-bomb and right in the middle between Jesus and Christ, like if it's his middle name, there's a lot of people I know who do that. Whenever they do that, it's not my place to, to correct them as much as I would like to, but because it's not my place. 
But I say a Hail Mary for them. I say a Hail Mary for them. I say, I say a Hail Mary and I ask God, please forgive them. I don't do it out loud. I do it privately. I do it in front of them because I feel, I feel terrible because when you get close to Jesus, the, the name Jesus is, 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 is life. It's life. It's life itself. It's, it's salvation. And they, they curse his holy name. I can't, you know, I mean, you know, as you know, if we try to correct people, I know there are some Christians, Protestants that will feel it's their place to do that. But you make things, I think, worse because you got to work with these people from day to day. The best example, I think, is to say a prayer for them. And um, I know there's a lot of talk about uh, reparation for, for, for such behavior. And I think the best thing to do is that I think it's hard, but maybe uh, like fasting. Uh, and I think that's why I think we should do that. Those, those two days of fast, you know, uh, it's not easy for everybody. And I know, I mean, I could definitely uh, use it as a way because of my, uh, my vice, especially with food, um, I think Wednesdays and Fridays is a good day to do that. And who knows, maybe adding another day might help. But it's, you know, we got a lot of people out there that don't know how to respect our Lord's divinity, especially his name. And as a lot of them are Catholic. I know at least one who does it and he's definitely, he doesn't live the, the, the Catholic life. I know another one who's, uh, I think he's Methodist and he does it all the time too. So you see, there's no difference, a Protestant and a Catholic. So I think it's, you know, it's good to say a Hail Mary. And I think to find a moment in a day somewhere, somewhere to, to be a moment and, and, uh, to ask God for, uh, to pray for them, to pray for those people, to ask for forgiveness on their behalf. Okay, let's go on. All right. Um, while he honors, okay, so reprobate, who, by whom the reprobate is despised, while he honors those who fear the Lord. Well, you know, there's a lot of our, our fellow Catholics out there, like I said, you know, even for, we work around people who say, who, who, who don't respect and honor the name of the Lord. But we have to, you know, I think it's also good to make a list of people to pray for. Even people who are fellow Catholics, it's good to do that. All right, the last line here, who lends not his money at usury. Okay, usury is basically making a profit um, out of people's, um, of course, banks do it. And I think Catholicism, traditional Catholicism did not like such a thing because it really hurt people it put you know because whenever you borrow money you are a slave to that person you're bound to that person because you got to pay them back with interest and this is um and i think the person who there's a lot of people who do that and unfortunately when they do that it you know it's considered a sin when you know you you lend and then you make you you put that person into hardship a lot of people are desperate 
a lot of people are desperate because they're you know they 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 don't know how to manage money i mean we're all we're you know we're we're all we're all pretty bad at it but it's it's a it's an unfortunate thing um okay who lends not his money at usury and accepts no bribe against the innocent whoever does these things shall never be disturbed it's really taking it's it's taking consideration of your neighbor it's love of your neighbor Let's put it that way. It's love of your neighbor and um, considering people's uh, unfortunate situation is something to think about. I think as Catholics, we don't, I don't think we look out for each other. That's another thing. We don't have a Catholic culture where we look out for each other. You know, we don't have a, we don't have much of a parish community culture, Right. Because like in the past, when people used to live in small villages or live, you know, when, when, when people used to, I think it's more harder in a big city, in a, in a, in a country, in a village away from the city, it might be different, but I don't live in that situation. So I guess it's only for those who do live in that way. But we, if we do, if we do create something like that, where we take note of other people's situation especially people who have families, especially the elderly, especially those who may be alone. You know, if we create more of a, of a culture of faith, all right, a culture of faith. Okay, not just a patriotic culture, but a culture of faith, a culture of, of prayer, a culture of love your neighbor. That could help. It could do a lot for people. It could do a lot. It's a way of bringing the word, is bringing the the love of God, a, a, a culture of God, out you know in, into the world. And I think that's something we need to do. I think we need to change that because we're so isolated. Everybody's paying attention to their phone. They're all into that. The now the idolatry is in their hands. It's constantly. We're always looking to see what the other person is doing, and we don't realize. Take note: how many times a day is what you're looking on your phone really that important? It's good to keep up with the news, but maybe it becomes addiction, and maybe sometimes because I know I know some people. Guess what? I have one friend at work who is addicted to Pokemon. Pokemon. I'm going to have to give him a Bible. But whether he'll use it or not, I don't know. But guess what? It's Pokemon. He's addicted to Pokemon. Amazing. Amazing. But it's true. It's true. Wow. Okay, so let's move on. All right, second reading, a reading from the letter of James, James chapter one, verse 17 to 18, and it's 21b, I have no idea why they do that, to 22 and verse 27, be doers of the word, a reading from the letter of St. James, all good giving and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no alteration or shadow caused by change 
He willed to give us birth by the word of truth, that we may be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Humbly welcome the word that has been planted in you and is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourselves. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> wow. So we can see kind of like a pattern here that the Holy Spirit is showing us through this liturgical cycle, right? Um, you have Deuteronomy, all right, which is telling you to observe the statutes, but also observe them not as just shallow rules. Observe them as a personal thing between you and God. In other words, yes, as both as a community, as a, as a, um, because that was a church, that was an assembly back then, but it's during the week. It's during your relationship from week to week, just like the a creation. Every week, let's put it this way. Just as God took six days and then plus the Sabbath to create the world, right? Because it didn't end during the sixth day. The Sabbath day was part of creation. So in many, we always say six days of creation. Yes, the seven, on the seventh day, God rested. But it's a, it has to be a seventh day. It has to be part of the week because it is sort of like an alpha and omega. It's an alpha and omega. You, we go through creation. It's a spiritual creation from week to week. It's an alpha and omega, a beginning and the end. And we do it, we live, we do it in Christ. Okay. The old covenant is fulfilled in the new covenant of of Christ. The new covenant is love. The commandment is to love. We observe the laws and the statutes of Moses and the prophets, but we do it now in Christ. We look, we, we see them through Christ. We live all, all the events, all the events of, of, of the patriarchs, the believers of the past, but now we do it in Christ Jesus. So our relationship, the decrees, the laws, everything. And also we have to realize we're doing it not for ourselves, but also we're doing it for our neighbor, for our fellow Catholic Christians, for also the unbeliever. Okay? We're a channel for them. We're, you know, remember Jesus said we are the light of the world. Let your light so shine that all those who see can give praise to your heavenly father. All right, we're a kingdom on the hill. We're also a light for them. If they see how we live the sacramental life in Christ, they may decide, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm going to I'm going to try I'm going to try God. I'm going to try the uh the sacramental life. I'm going to try the 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 life of Christ. Because they see how how it's done for us. But also we have to care for one another, like James says here. 
you know, we should care for one another. That's why I'm saying we need a culture of faith, a culture of Christ. Not just on a, on a Sunday. No, every single day, every single moment, you know, and we should try that. I think the problem is there is, there is, there is no, there, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of evil is because we're not involved. You know, we don't, we don't care. First of all, care for one another, love one another, as Jesus said. And by how, and how you love one another, they will see that you are my disciples. But instead we go on Sunday, we go to mass we take holy we take part in holy communion and then we, and some of our, our brothers and sisters just run out the door because they want to go catch the game or go with a barbecue or go to a little little league's practice they that's that's the problem all right weekends has become the the sacrament for the weekend is sports not not god which is fine maybe if you do it on a saturday don't do it on a sunday but you know i don't have kids so uh you know but this is something that we have to think about james here i like what he says humbly welcome the word that has been planted in you and is able to save your souls that's that's great but let's go back a little further all good giving and every pr perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no alteration or shadow caused by change he will to give us birth by the word of truth that we may be a kind of first fruits of his creatures you see we are a fulfillment of creation all right our weekly life our life is a beginning of genesis we're partaking in the Alpha and the Omega, which is Jesus. Humbly welcome the word that has been planted in you and is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deluding yourselves. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To care for orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Martin Luther didn't like this book. Martin Luther, uh, who was an Augustinian monk, he was a he was a Catholic. Did not like this because he had a problem with with the Word of God, and I'm not saying all Lutherans are like him, but him, this man, Martin Luther, and a lot of Protestants had a problem with good works. In some cases, they had a problem trying to understand that it's both faith and works. And book of, in the book, of, the letter of James actually is, is addresses that, but we're not going to do that here. So, you know, balance it, balance it between prayer life, a life of faith and also works. But I think one has to balance it. Your, your works should be an act of prayer. Your good works, your charity, your love for your neighbor, for the unfortunate should be an act of charity. It should not be uh, an end. Some people, I think that's why we have a lot of problem with social justice, because a lot of young people, I think, have not been taught how to pray. Um, it could be dangerous because if you... Social justice, okay, I don't like the word because it's so sterile. It's sterile. It's cold. But 
I would call it the works of Christ. All right. The works of Christ. Loving, caring for the unfortunate should be an act of prayer. It should be done with prayer. And remember what Jesus says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. In other words, don't make a public show of it because then it loses its meaning. And that's what I think social justice is. Social justice is telling everybody that you're a political saint. You're a social saint. Uh, No. Do it in private. And I think it's also good for the person who you're doing it for. A friend of mine, he's had people do things for him and he doesn't know who they are. Maybe he has an idea, but they, the person doesn't want to know, doesn't want their name pronounced. They want to be anonymous. And I think that's good. An anonymous saint. An anonymous saint. A saint hiding in the shadows like a superhero <laughs> with a secret identity. So that's, I think, is better. But, you know, being a social saint like a social justice warrior, no. That is a show-off. That is someone with vanity and pride. But do it secretly. Do do it secretly. Give, give secretly. You know, <clears throat> surprise people. Like Santa Claus. You know, Santa Claus, like, you know, showed up in people's houses. You know, maybe he might get arrested these days. But, you know, he would give, he would give something. He would give, he would give. And he does it out of love for God. He does it out of love for Jesus. And that's, and, and, and social justice is empty of Christ. It's empty of Jesus. It's empty of it. It's, it's basically you emptying yourself. The Christ, the Christian way is emptying ourselves of our pride, of our vanity. That's why do it in private. Pray in secret. Give in secret. It's all out of love. And I think we should do it that way, out of love for Jesus Christ. All right, let's move on from there to the gospel. Finally, now the gospel. Okay, St. Mark's gospel, chapter 7, verse 1 to 8, 14 to 15, 21 to 23. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let your word be in our mind, our mouth, and in our heart. Amen. When the Pharisees, with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him. Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, 
Well did Isaiah prophesy about your hypocrisy as it is written. This people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching a doctrine of human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, nothing that enters one from the outside can defile that person. But the things that come from out come out from within are what defile. From within people from their hearts come evil. Evil thoughts, un- unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within and they defile. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, one more time. When the Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, in fact, all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they did not eat without purifying themselves, and there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettle and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as a doctrine human precepts. You disregard God's commandments, but cling to human tradition. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from from outside can defile that person, but things that come from come out from within are what defile from within people from their hearts come evil from from within people from their hearts come evil thoughts unchastity theft murder adultery greed malice deceit licentiousness envy blasphemy arrogance folly all these evil come from within and they defile the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So this passage here is dealing with, I think, religious hypocrisy. Religious hypocrisy. Um, it's n- Okay, this is not about being hygienic, proper good hygiene. Like, there's nothing wrong, obviously, in cleaning, washing our hands before we eat. That's that's not no that that's just a physical health thing. That's good because you know you obviously now with the COVID thing you see how people are now. I mean on the train for crying out loud, I've actually seen people <laughs> carry uh, uh, 
literally uh, sanitizers wiping the seats, uh, carrying boxes of gloves and everything. And it's just unbelievably getting ridiculous. I mean, people are jumping now, literally, if someone sneezes. And even though you're wearing a mask and everything, and people literally now are acting like Pharisees, literally. I mean, the, 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 I think it's, I think it's, it, it's being used literally for a caste system now. I mean, literally, I mean, there are people now, I mean, if they, the, it just makes them to exercise their, their prejudice, their bias even more with the mask and everything with, I mean, seriously, the, the facial guards and plastic facial guards, I call them stormtroopers now, COVID, COVID stormtroopers. They're, you know, everybody is gone to the point. I mean, literally, I mean, I know there's a lot of fear, but I think it's also, it's you is being used as a, a biased racist thing now, a, 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 you know, literally a segregated thing because the way everybody's acting is I think uh, a, a Pharisee's dream because they 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 used it because the term Pharisee meant separated ones. They thought that they were elite, they were better from the common people, and they used it as a power thing, a power so a social power thing to to exercise their power over the others. That's what this, that, that's, that's what it is. And I think it's being done here with the COVID. It's a very Pharisaic dream. It's, it, they, they loved it. It's power over the other. Ceremonial power, social power, health-wise power. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dream come true. It, Jesus only pointed out that this was their, their thing. Yes, there was, there was purification laws. But there was a spiritual meaning behind it. And it was a kosher law. And, you know, modern Judaism is, is the fruit of the Pharisee, especially among the Orthodox. They, the, the practice came from them. There's no temple anymore. There's no sacrifices anymore. So they have to find some other ways to keep Judaism alive. But from a Christian attitude... It's be careful being a hypocrite. All this uh, between those, yes, we don't want to become like them, a Christian Pharisee, a Catholic Pharisee. And we got to be careful. All the ceremonies is because we love Christ. Yes, Yes, unfortunately, we live in a, a very diluted form of Catholicism today. But the heart of everything is God. God comes first. You keep, you keep the precepts because you love Christ. The heart of everything is, is forgiveness, love of neighbor. Love one another as I have loved you. And Jesus himself said so, you know, hear me all of you and understand nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person. But the things that come from within are what defile. From within people, people 
From their hearts come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, and envy and blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. <clears throat> Let's remember, you can find evil both in the Novus Ordo camp as well as in the Trad camp. And let's not pretend it doesn't exist. Let's not pretend clerical abuse does not exist in both. There are some people in the Norbert's Ordo camp that have protected that evil. Lay people as well as clerics. And there are people in the trad camp that have protected those clerics, that have covered up for them. There's also financial abuses, both in the trad camp as well as in the Novus Ordo camp. And both sides, because they we become, we become very uh, ideological and tribal. I mean, that's one thing interesting. I was listening to Jordan Peterson. Nietzsche, as crazy as he was, and even a crazy man can be right, just like a broken clock, at least once or twice a day, said that because the values, the moral values, the values of... of uh, he was talking, of course, from the 19th century perspective, but once those values are gone, those classical values, those actual good you know, values that everybody depended on were gone, everyone was reduced to ideology, tribal ideology, because they wound up creating their own values, just like the social justice ones. They got rid of moral, moral uh, evils, such as the, the ones that Jesus mentioned, and they wound up creating more new morals, social evils, such as you know racism uh, against uh, gays and everything. They wound up creating new virtues for themselves. Catholicism, we're no different. We got tribals. We got tribes. Okay. We got tribes. We got people now who created a new form of Catholicism, and we got people who wound up creating a new form of, of classical Catholicism because they want their tribe to win. And we're missing the actual mortal sins. We're not when you know we're ignoring them. That's why there's a, there's a lot of abuses. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of division because we can wind up. We can wind up. Some people, even myself included, can wind up defending uh, something but ignoring the moral evils, ignoring the commandments of Christ to watch out for those moral, for those evils that are that are against us, such as the list here: adult, you know, chat, you know, uh, unchastity, theft, murder, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness. Licentiousness. I got to look that up. Envy and blasphemy, arrogance, folly, all these evils come from within and they defile. It doesn't matter how holy traditional Catholicism is. It doesn't matter how holy the Novus Ordo will be. But if we ignore those evil, the Holy Spirit will expose us. It doesn't matter how well you pray in Latin. And how, how well the priest does the Latin Mass, or how well the Novus Ordo is being done. All right, how reverently it is. If that, if there is evil, and no one's paying attention for it, 
God is going to expose it. Remember what Jesus said. If you know, I wish you were either hot or cold, but you're neither hot or cold, but lukewarm, and I'm going to spit you out. And remember, Our Lady of Fatima never said anything about Latin. She never said anything about no resorto. She never mentioned in all, any of those things. What she, what she talked about was evil, sin, unchastity, sexual sins people would go to hell for. Okay, remember that. Look at look at look at the 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 apparition of Fatima. She never said any of those things. It's about being holy and being true to our Lord. Stop offending our Lord, she said. Our for our Lord must not be offended anymore. And everybody is ignoring that. All right. Let's uh, let's move on with a closing prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, let's say a, um, a Hail Mary for the Pope. Yes, Pope Francis. Let's say for the um, for our priests and for the bishops. Okay. And for the church, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our, now the hour of our death. Amen. And let's say a, pray, a prayer for the uh, the thirteen, the the soldiers, and all the other military that have suffered in Afghanistan, and for the families that lost their loved ones. A Hail Mary for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now at the hour of our death, amen. And let's say a prayer for our country. Um, what's going on now, it's uh, it's not doing pretty well. It's not doing good at all. So let's, uh, let's say a prayer for God to bring uh, good leadership and, um, and also peace. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. And let's say a prayer for the church, for, um, for all Catholics, and for the unity of all Christians, Catholics, Orthodox, and, and Protestants. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And let's say a prayer for Cardinal Burke. All right. Uh, I know he just uh, suffered from uh, COVID. And he's recovering, so let's say a prayer for him. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And for Christians, all Christians, Catholic, Orthodox, or Protestants who are being persecuted. Um, here in the United States, abroad, as well as our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, our brothers and sisters in China, and any other place. All right. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And let's say the Our Father, 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. And uh, I know I said it early, but we'll say it again at the end. We're going to say now the profession of faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, rose again on the third day, he in, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. All right. So uh, I don't know if any of you heard uh, one more thing I want to say. Uh, supposedly, Cardinal Supich has told one of his priests not to say the St. Michael prayer or the Hail Mary after Mass. Um, Traditionally, we're supposed to say this, like I said at the beginning of the uh, program. Um, I think some of these some of these things is important because Catholics don't pray anymore. I mean, in the local parish level, my experiences have not been very good because um, people don't, like I said, we don't have a culture of prayer. We don't have a culture of prayer. We don't even have a culture of faith anymore. And as Catholics... You know, I don't know if you ever watched those old EWTN. They actually showed there was one time when uh, Father Peyton had a rosary hour or a family that prays together, stays together. And you would see all these celebrities that used to pray the rosary who were Catholic because there was a lot of Catholics in Hollywood. That's what we need. We don't have that anymore. We're so embarrassed. We have we have bishops and priests so embarrassed of the rosary. They're so embarrassed of Catholic prayer life, of Catholic devotional. You know, it's like you want to be Catholic, but you don't want to, don't act so Catholic. <laughs> don't, don't pray, you know, don't, don't wear it, you know, don't show, don't show the world you're, you're so Catholic because it's, you know, you might appear to offend people. Well, you know what? I don't care anymore. Because who who wins here? The devil. The devil wins. Okay? The politically correct person is embarrassed. You're you're trying to make the person of faith ashamed and embarrassed. And who loses? Souls lose. If you don't want to be, you know, I mean, yeah, you want to be the what the the Joe Biden Catholic, the Nancy Pelosi Catholic, the John Kerry Catholic, the the Kennedy Catholic? What? The politically correct Catholic, the social justice Catholic that fights for the environment but not but not for prayer? 
right? The pro-choice Catholic, the pro-abortion Catholic, but no, but God forbid if you rattle those re, those those bees. Like like Taylor Marshall is right about that. He's absolutely right about that. We need a culture of prayer. We need a culture of faith. Okay? So, let's say the Our Father, and we're going to say uh, one Hail Mary, and we're going to say the, uh, the Saint Michael, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. All right, you know what I think people should do? Send Cardinal Supich a Saint Michael card. A Hail Mary card. All right. And maybe, you know what? Add to it a Sacred, uh, a sacred Heart of Jesus and Immaculate Heart of Mary card. That way, he'll get the message. You know, it's a polite way. He can have extra to give it away to people. You know? And I think that would be good for him. You know, he gets a couple of thousand of those and maybe he'll get the message. You know? He'll get the message, and I and it's a polite way of of uh, telling him to cut it out, you know, you know, and cut it out. And maybe we should also send it to Pope Francis; it help him too, so he can give it out to people. It'll be a good way for him to sort of like uh, evangelize. Evangelize. He'll have, he'll have so much of them; he'll just give them away. <laughs> okay. God bless, and I'll get back uh, soon with the the Saint Michael. I mean the the Saint. Mark Gospel. I'm working on trying to put together the uh, part two of Pope Francis's letter, which is which uh, on the Galatians, which wasn't very bad. Uh, it was very good, actually. It was very good. And then there was a response from a rabbi in Jerusalem who, for some reason, took offense of it. But I can understand from his perspective. But, you know, hey. Uh, no one's watching what the rabbi, Catholics are not paying attention to what the rabbis are saying in their synagogue, which I'm quite certain uh, quite a few of them may be saying a lot of stuff that's anti-Christian and anti-Catholic. So we're not telling them to correct themselves, right? But it's, uh, but you know, the, you know, the rabbi has a right to say what he wants to say. It doesn't mean make it right. It just, it's his right. And, and, uh, we can respect that, but no one's paying attention to what's being said in the synagogues. So. He's got nothing to worry about. All right. God bless.